Allow myself to introduce myself. <laughs> this is when bits hit the fan, where we keep an eye on tech news so you don't have to. Each time a news story breaks, I, Taylor Littlejohn, and James Schuler translate the facts and show you how it impacts your business. So if you feel like your life is inundated with tech stories, let us guide you through when bits hit the fan. A big oops coming out of the FAA. On January 11th, the FAA grounded all airlines for the first time since 9-11. And the reason? They uncovered the cause that contractors accidentally deleted some essential files. The FAA regulates 100% of air flight in the United States. In addition to that, unruly passengers, uh, drones that weren't approved, all sorts of different issues or rules that you might follow when you travel are regulated by the FAA. If you were to try to use a passport that you created on your own, say a fake passport that's been doctored, uh, that would all follow or, or flow through the regulations within the FAA. On a podcast we recently just did, we pointed out that the FAA might have been in the right protecting their data and information the best way uh, possible. They had the right tools in place to bounce back quickly from what we speculated as a breach to happen. But this oops is really throwing us for a whirlwind. This mysterious contractor getting permission to delete an essential file and grounding all flights in the United States. How does this happen? I'm even reading from one news article saying the failure to improve legacy systems is unacceptable and the American people expect and deserve better. This seems a bit strange. So today, we're going to dig into how is it that a third-party contractor can cause an outage that impacts 100% of travel uh, in the United States. So James, they have confirmed there's no cyber attack or breach from the FAA. So why do we even care about this? Right. Taylor, you know good and well why I care about this. Well, I mean, they, they did scapegoat the service provider. So. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I don't believe them for a second that some IT guy who works there full time didn't point the finger at the service provider. We've seen it a thousand times, right? It seems like it happens every time like that. Right. <laughs> I would say for our listeners, if, uh, if you ever need a good scapegoat, Center Technologies is your scapegoat. Uh, <laughs> we, we will take that on every time. <laughs> Uh, likely the FAA's contractor is okay being the scapegoat since he's not being named and that person that maybe made the mistake still there. Purely opinion. But I, I got to believe that there's something more to this story still. Mm -hmm. Well, I, I, I loved the fact when I was reading that this was the first time, I mean, across the U.S. that planes have been grounded since 9-11. 9-11. I know. I know different instances have grounded planes in say the what was it the max 800 or whatever um those were grounded and then other instances of it but this is the first time every plane in the u.s was grounded at one time yeah that's wild i, I know the the 737 jumbo maxes were grounded when i was trying to get that's my right. family to disney and that was uh that was a uh, that was rough but to to ground all flights that's a that's a pretty big deal um there's no more structured organization you would think than the the faa um, are you familiar with what all they regulate? 
Um, I know you know it. <laughs> you know, I know it. I know a lot of senseless information, <laughs> but what I think is interesting about the FAA is it's not just the flights, the patterns where they're going. It's actually also those rules, like what you can say in an airport, um, maybe doctored passports, um, also things like drones that aren't authorized to be mm -hmm. in certain areas. It, they come down hard on just about everything. So uh, in turn, they've got to be just as disciplined as the, the rules they enforce. So the idea that they got into a position where they're claiming that a third party contractor working on the, the systems they have during work hours or during the, the middle of everyone's day, 8 a.m., 830 in the morning, they say that that person was syncing a file between production and a backup. Maybe. I don't know all files. That doesn't seem to smell right, though. I don't I don't know many programs that do that. And people don't call center to come help with syncing a, a production file with backup. So just nothing, nothing sounds right about that. In fact, I would argue um, that the follow-up question that no one's asking is just that one. What kind of file requires manual syncing? You know what I mean? Mm, yeah, yeah. Well, I know the FAA is far more responsible for things that are going on in the air than just landing and taking off planes. So the fact that everything in the air would be under this one file, you know what I mean? It's like this file controls too much, <laughs> too right. much information. The, the system, the systems they say this is files a part of is called NOTAM or, or maybe it's pronounced NOTAM, N-O-T-A-M. I'm not familiar with how to say it. Um, it's, it was made before the FAA ever was even around. So we're talking about some legacy systems there for sure. And that probably compounds the issue. Um, this is kind of pulling in the Southwest Airlines story as well. It's antiquated systems um, being serviced by modern ways of thinking uh, that no one really has wide experience in anymore because its time has kind of passed on. Uh, this seemed to be getting us in trouble. So even if the story was, was coming out a little more accurate, let's say they weren't breached by a cyber attack, but somebody within the FAA made a mistake on a system. Well, how, how do you keep that level of brain trust inside your organization for something that's aged that long? That's pretty tough to do. The part that uh, blows my mind is we, we thought they were doing well and they had all the right tools in place to recover from potential breach. And then they let a contractor delete a file. It seems, it, it honestly seems silly. The customers we support are not going to be as rigid or supported as the FAA. They're definitely not going to have as many eyes on them, at least some of our customers, as the FAA would, where the impact wouldn't be as big as this. But what what do we lead them to? How do we, how do we take the next step? That's a really good question. So the FAA, you're right. If they were breached or attacked and brought things down, or perhaps somebody uh, started making changes in their environment, that'd be a catastrophic level cyber attack. Um, that term's thrown around when people talk about nuclear power plants being breached or uh, the energy sector um, being breached. Uh, I don't know that we, we usually think about that when it comes to, um, you know, someone could bring all the planes down that, that could that could have a lot of different consequences. Uh, most people should look at this, though, especially if they reside in like critical industry segments. Um, they should look at this as two different lessons. One, self-assess. Um, what is your current vendor process? Um, 
is it structured? Do you have a process of making sure that vendors you bring in are qualified and are not you know, going to make mistakes like this? Um, or is it the opposite? Is it rather willy-nilly? Um, is it just, you know, this vendor says they can do it. Let's bring them in and get the help we need. Uh, Taylor, speaking of willy-nilly, uh, words like catawampus and cockeyed willy-nilly, they, they excite me. I've heard William Nilliam. Willy William Nilliam. What's the story? How old are you? Yeah, William Nilliam's like the original uh, Willy Nilly. William Nilliam, um, or Will I Nill I. Uh, the phrases have, have all have evolved to, to Willy Nilly, um, like catawampus and, and things like that. I, I think those are always exciting to read about. And, um, anyway, neither here nor there. Uh, right now, um, <laughs> neither here nor there. Let's look that one up. I don't know that it makes a difference in the case of what we're staring at with the FAA. That file still would have been mistreated, uh, even if they potentially, people make mistakes, right? They potentially could have followed a process that may have been a vetted vendor, um, but limit the chances by having a structured process. Uh, what's popular right now are vendor risk assessments. Uh, vendor risk assessment takes a look at your vendor profile and it essentially says, here's some overlap. Let's make sure that we don't have too many with access to the environment and then you restrict it. The other lesson is that antiquated system side. Um, you've got to find a spot uh, where you eventually draw a line in the sand and say these systems, uh, even though they're important to our day-to-day, uh, -day, have to be updated or removed. Um, so someone within the organization with an eye for risk management needs to take a look at those two levels and say, are we, are we doing ourselves a disservice by keeping these programs around? Or are we doing ourselves a disservice by having these vendors come in? So that, that to me is the big lesson right now. Is there a level of importance that this would fall under? Like you, I think about our um, small business leaders that are IT managers or maybe have one to two man teams. Like, is this something that absolutely needs to be top of mind? Or is this bottom of the list whenever you get to it? Yeah, that's, that's good too. So I, I take this out of the IT department traditionally and I put it inside the, uh, the executive boardroom. Um, perhaps you're mature enough for a CIO or a CTO or a chief information security officer to be in that boardroom, but majority of customers that center supports don't have that level of maturity yet. Um, in that case, I would say pull it out of the IT team and put it on the mind of the CEO, the CFO, and the COO. Those, those roles that are going to look at the organization and try to understand what makes the, the company's heartbeat and see if they can give you a, a sense of you know, what, what risk profile are we willing to live with and what's, what's too risky for us to live with? So at the end of the day, it's a business risk decision versus an IT decision. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, a lot of these episodes center around some formal cyber attack. Um, what we're doing today and what's going to happen in the next episode are kind of the, the things that are on the fringe of a cyber event. Um, so next time, Taylor, I think we're talking about PayPal, right? The cyber breach that wasn't actually a breach at all, yet 35,000 members of PayPal lost their personal identifiable information. So yeah. I guess next time we'll dive deeper into it. Yep, that'll be a fun one to dig into. That's it for our story this time. We'll catch you guys next time when bits hit the fan. When Bits Hit the Fan is hosted by James Schuler and Taylor Littlejohn and is produced by Emily Kirk. As a local IT services company, Center Technologies unites Texas hospitality with award-winning expertise. 
Businesses trust Center to eliminate IT headaches by being a champion for their vision and goals. We are a managed cloud and cybersecurity services provider known for delivering enterprise experience and personalized service with a local touch. Committed to customer satisfaction, we make sure that whatever the task, we do it right. To learn more about Center's passion for your IT experience, visit centertechnologies.com. See you next time. And that's a story for us. Let me do that. That was, that was way too short.